0: Hi everyone, my name is Mare Verk and welcome to Life on the Farm. Hello everyone, we are back again for another week at Life on the Farm. I feel like this part I should probably just pre record and include in every episode because right now I'm recording it each time and it hasn't really changed much, but this is my fourth week of my hospital operations rotation. I'm officially a month in, and as I have mentioned before, our rotations are six weeks, so I have two weeks left after this i was also informed that this is the week of orientation at ucsf for the new p1 class which is super exciting cannot wait for them to start their journey in pharmacy school i actually participated in the orientation video which was a really great experience just being able to talk about some of the fun i've had at ucsf things that i've learned and what all that they can look forward to eventually hopefully if they can go back in person at some point Today is actually July 25th, it's Saturday, and it's two years exactly to the day since the first day of my own orientation. So I thought that was really fun too. And just a little bit of insight, in the video that they showed the P1s this week, I actually talked about my favorite memory, and that was being able to get immunization certified through APHA, and I did my immunization training with one of my friends from my class, Brandon. And the way that it works is you give two injections, one intramuscularly and the other one subcutaneously. And so we did not know each other well at all at this point and we just got paired up and went for it. And both of us did an amazing job and we've been friends ever since. So you never know who you're gonna meet when you have to do your practice saline shots. And at the same time, this week also marks one month since I announced having a podcast. And I just want to say again how much it means to me when any of you reach out to me or whenever I see people are listening to it. It really, it means the world to me. And I'm so, so thankful I'm able to share my journey with everyone. And like I always do at the beginning of every episode, you all are pretty familiar with it by now. I like to talk about the name of the episode for today. So today's is Scrubs Will Always Get Love From Me, inspired by the song, as you all may have heard of it before. I thought it was quite clever, but you all can be the judge of that because this was the first time I got to wear my scrubs to my rotations, which I thought was so, so fun. I actually have fig scrubs, which they are fantastic. If you are looking for really high quality scrubs that feel like pajamas, they are amazing. I absolutely love them. The colors are really nice. They fit really, really well. And they have all sorts of different colors and styles. And honestly, they are a dream to wear. They look good. They feel good. So I thought I'd give them a quick shout out on here because I had such a good time wearing them. I felt so good about myself that day, which is always important and nice. And yeah, so had the opportunity to do that and I was in the emergency room which is the even more exciting part about that whole part of the story which is why I was wearing them and I found that I've been really enjoying being able to spend time there and learning what it's like to practice in that setting so I'll definitely be getting more into that in today's episode so definitely stick around to hear more and without further ado let's get into my week Alrighty, so let's jump into Monday. And this is day 16 of my rotations. It's also July 20th. And I was on the Z shift with the pharmacist and this shift runs from 1030 to 2100. So I kind of had a little bit of a slower morning which was nice and then got out a little later which is always interesting to experience. And the first thing that happens on the shift is we go through all of the warfarin-dosed patients that are currently admitted. And so warfarin is dosed daily to keep patients within their therapeutic INR range. And that range is set either by the hospitalist if the patient was never getting warfarin beforehand or by the anticoagulation clinic in the case that they are even followed by one. So some people who are on warfarin outpatient may or may not be followed by a clinic. But what we want to make sure with that is that the hospital hospitalist, hospitalist and the anti-coag clinic are on the same page. So it's important to have that as a part of your note and to communicate with both parties just to make sure that pharmacy as well as the anti-coag clinic and the hospitalist are all on the same page because you all want to be working toward the same goal. From there, you determine, again, basically throughout that whole process is figuring out whether or not the patient is a new start, meaning that they started warfarin during their admission, or if they do have a home regimen, what that looks like. And something that's been really interesting is getting to see what variations of therapeutic warfarin dosing goes on out in the real world, because in school, it just sounds like, Oh, you pick a dose and that's what patients are on daily. So five milligrams daily, two and a half milligrams daily, what have you. But it was interesting because I'd see patients like, for example, with two and a half milligrams daily, with the exception of five milligrams on Friday. So again, there's just all these different things that you get to experience in the real world and in the practice setting that you don't get in the classroom. So I just thought it was really interesting. From there, I'd figure out what the indication for the warfarin is if what they're taking it for is appropriate or if not what it should be switched to. Also keeping in mind whether or not the patient is being bridged from heparin or from Lovenox because that'll also affect the dose that you start with because you want to be able to bridge them effectively also determining based off the notes whether or not there are currently signs and symptoms of bleeding because warfarin will only contribute further to the bleeding um, or if and when the patient receive vitamin k is also really important um, because they may be more warfarin resistant within like the first two to three days following that dose so just all things to take into consideration because you don't want to exacerbate the patient if they're in a not so great situation and then also taking into consideration patient-specific factors that may affect your dosing and maybe the effectiveness of the therapy. Then we also have to go through and figure out if there are any drug-drug interactions. So just keeping in mind that certain drugs may increase your INR on their own. So Flagyl, a lot of patients get prescribed antibiotics inpatient. So if you are doing that with warfarin, you want to consider the fact that there's maybe an interaction there that you want to be mindful of. There's also other drugs that decrease your INR, such as rifampin. And so again, these aren't just the only things you consider when it comes to dosing, but always important to take patient-specific factors into consideration. The other thing to take note of are any important disease states such as hypo or hyperthyroidism. Um, If someone has chronic alcoholism, you want to look out for the fact that they may have elevated uh, liver function tests. And so that can also affect their ability to metabolize warfarin and also their ability to form clotting factors and all that. Also congestive heart failure. So again, All things to take into consideration and that I included in my note, but before I got to giving my recommendations and writing my notes, I actually got pulled to go present to the P&T committee. Like I mentioned to you all last week, my midpoint presentation comprised of two projects that I had been working on, and one had to do with large volume potassium-containing fluids and their secure storage, and the other one had to do with a formulary review for a medication to be added to the hospital formulary. So I had the opportunity to present both of those to the committee, and that was made up of physicians, nurses, and pharmacists, and then they go ahead and vote, and luckily both of them were approved. So a really great experience, um, just having the opportunity to see how that functions, and of course there was a much larger agenda, so seeing what all this committee is responsible for and what falls under their umbrella of... Again, I guess responsibility would be the word uh, was just a really eye opening experience because we talk about the P&T committee and how important they are in the classroom during didactics. But now having been a part of it, it definitely has made it a lot more clear to me what exactly that all entails. And definitely, I think something I want to participate in if I choose to go into hospital pharmacy later on in life. After that, I actually met up with the pharmacist I was with for the day um, in the T&I department. So that's the trauma neuro ICU. And so this is where she was actually doing the in-service for glucose control for patients in both the ICU and T&I. So these patients are a lot more critical and pharmacists want to be able to stay on top of their sugars as they can fluctuate quite a bit with stress and with steroid use, as well as variations in their nutritional intake. And so that was, again, just a great opportunity for me to check my understanding because I think I've mentioned this presentation to you all before, so getting to sit through it again and make sure that I was following along. You can never be too familiar with insulin and whatnot. After that, I actually went and saw one of my friend's classmates who is actually one of another APPE students at the same site, but he's on his gen med rotation, and he was doing his midpoint presentation this day. And so he did a journal club, and it was really great being able to support him and also get an idea and an example of what that all looks like. Because eventually I'll do one for myself. Did a great job, so that was really great to get to sit in on. After doing that, I went over my warfarin recommendations with my preceptor. Um, it was an opportunity again to practice presenting a patient because. For me, in my position, you can never have too much practice because it definitely comes down to knowing what is important and pertinent about the patient, as well as having the proper monitoring parameters on hand and being able to then have a conversation backing up why you decided to go with the dosing that you did. So a really great opportunity. And then after that, she allowed me to go in and write all the progress notes for the warfarin patients. And so being able to put that in and write that. Again, super exciting because this is the note that everyone on the team that cares for this patient will refer to if they have any questions about the warfarin dosing for that day. So yeah, really fun. Um, I really like writing notes. I don't know why it gives me the opportunity, I guess, to be really clear, succinct, and make sure that I'm getting all the important information down just because you don't want to put too much information where the point gets lost in all of that but you also want to make sure that you're mentioning the very specific things that are were factors in you making your decisions so that everyone knows why you did what you did. After that I had lunch and really funny story my preceptor has actually never seen my full face considering I've always worn a mask because we're in a pandemic and so I guess we've never been in the break room at the same time or like had lunch near one another I, which I had totally not realized at this point but I went to take a sip of water in the break room because that's, like a small space. And I was the only one in there. And so she walks in to like get water for herself. And she's like, Oh, so that's what you look like. And I was so surprised. It'd been a whole month. And we she had never seen what I look like. So I thought that was really funny, just because I may have mentioned it before, you're meeting everybody for the first time with their masks on. And so when you see them with their mask off, it's just like, okay, so that's what you look like. So that's been a really fun thing to get to go through is like, basically re meeting people once you see the other half of their face. After lunch, I worked on anticoagulation workups, and this was a 55-page report. I want to say with about two to three patients per page. I spent about three hours going about over like I think it was 150 at the end of the medications. So this is Lovenox, Eliquis, Xarelto. Um, if the patient's on warfarin, that's clearly from the morning part, so we don't have to take a look at that. And determine whether or not the patient's regimen is appropriate or if not what it should be changed to if it is the appropriate drug whether or not it needs a dosing change based on their creatinine clearance or any other patient specific factor if they need labs ordered and making sure that all of these labs are ordered drugs are ordered doctors are called. Communication is super, super key. So I was doing that for the last part of the day and then making sure that everything was put into Epic. And I have to say, although it was incredibly tedious, I don't know a better way for me to have gotten the experience of really solidifying the dosing and the indications and the adjustments that have to be made across the board in anticoagulation. Because truly there's, it's all these practice problems not problems, really real people. And it gives you the opportunity to evaluate every single one, just one after the other, and really start to notice what is important to consider. And so a really great opportunity. And of course, that leads to even better conversation with the pharmacist I was with in talking about my recommendation, my concerns. And something that I realized throughout doing this whole thing was, although she said, oh, like, no, anything that like seems a little off to you. Not only doing that, but taking it a step further and saying what I would want to do instead and why, I think is also a very valuable thing to do because obviously one day you'll be the pharmacist and you want to be able to be clinically sound in the suggestions and recommendations you're making. And whenever you see a problem or something that seems out of place, you don't want to just point it out, but you also want to be able to have a solution to it. So I did that literally for the rest of the day. It took so long, but again, a really fantastic opportunity to just solidify that for myself even further. And that basically wrapped up my day at the pharmacy itself and then that night I finished my draft for my final presentation because my preceptor wanted to go over it at some point this week and I emailed it to her so that we could have a sit down and go over it before I got too in depth about how I wanted it to flow and just to make sure that there wasn't any important information she wanted me to cover that I had left out. And something I recommend, um, my preceptor offers it to me going over my presentations with me. But if you ever have questions about whether or not something looks good or not, it seems like most preceptors would be very open to the idea of sitting down and talking to you about it. So definitely take advantage of that or reach out if you ever feel like you don't know what you're doing or if you don't feel like you're on the right track. But with that, that wraps up Monday and we are on to Tuesday. So we are now on day 17 of my rotations. It's July 21st, and I was on the P shift with the pharmacist for the first half. And so that's from 1030 to 1300. And I was with the ED pharmacist from 1330 to 1730. And so this was my first day in the ED. I got to wear my scrubs, like I said. I was very hyped about this day. i had been very much looking forward to it. Uh, So in the morning, I started off with my preceptor, actually, she was on her project shift, and she's actually the charge pharmacist. So she has a lot of responsibilities of her own. And since this is a hospital operations rotation, I thought it was really great that She sat down with me and kind of went over what she does on a daily basis as well as all of the extra responsibilities she has in this position. And so she's actually the one who makes the schedule, which I find to be so incredibly intricate just just because there's so many people that work there and there's so much to take into consideration, not to mention like my own schedule. And she has to be really methodical about who she places me with for each day because like I said, I'm not always with her. And so, yeah, she just talked me through basically the way the pharmacy set up uh, personnel wise, who takes care of what, who's in charge of what all things that, of course, are necessary for a pharmacy to run outside of the drugs themselves. But, of course, there are people behind all of this. And so making sure that that's taken care of is also really important. But we spent the morning in the ED satellite pharmacy. And so this is the pharmacy office closest to the emergency department. And what I had mentioned during my midpoint evaluation were some areas of interest that I had just so I could set up some. Other opportunities for myself to take a closer look at some areas I was more interested in, I guess. And so emergency medicine is definitely one of those things. And my preceptor was super amazing about the whole situation and has been going out of her way to get me into certain situations to be able to see procedures and try out different things. And so like for today, She actually had dedicated the whole time we were together to going through stroke alerts and code blues and what you'll find in an RSI kit, which are rapid sequence intubation kits that sit in the ed in case a patient needs to be intubated and so seeing what drugs are inside of that kit as well as what you'll find in a code bag and all the different drugs you may need for different situations what their indications are and why you'd need them versus other ones as well as the top tray of the crash cart where they keep the medications at this institution but she actually allowed me to go through open them all up Uh, practice pulling them out putting them together doing whatever I needed to do to see how you would do it in the case that a code blue or a stroke alert or what have you occurs because you're not the one that administers them it tends to be the nurse but um, you are the one that can draw up into a syringe a certain amount um, or set up an IV bag in the case that needs to be put together so I thought that was a really great experience because while you could know the drugs and what they do and how they do it I think it's a whole another level to see the way that they work Physically and like what that looks like in your hand. So I thought that was, again, really invaluable experience and I'm glad that we got to do that. We also practiced looking at the ALS and PALS EKG monitoring. Um, The EKGs basically that come with the advanced life support practice books and whatnot. My preceptor had just renewed her PALS, which is the pediatric version, um, training that like the day prior and so she had told me about these EKG monitorings that they make you do in the pre-test and so we practiced doing that so now I've gotten pretty good at reading EKGs and I thought that was just really cool because I'm also interested in cardiology and again not that we're the one diagnosing or whatever but again it's just like a really cool opportunity to take a closer look at stuff in the medical field and I find that stuff to be super amazing so I thought that was a really fun activity for us to do. After that I had a small break and she actually checked in with the ed pharmacist and he was having like quite a busy day. So she's like, oh, just come grab marijuana ever. And she mentioned to me that in the case that things kind of picked up a little bit and it'd be a little hectic to work on a project instead. And then I could just head home for the day. But I realized that with him being so busy and whatnot, I did have a lot of time to kill or I kind of figured I would. And so I actually decided to do the project regardless. I mean, I was really interested in what it was anyway. It was about AV blocks. So um, with the heart and whatnot. And We talk about them in pharmacy school, and I know of them, generally speaking, but to know the difference between the three different degrees and the fact that if you have a second degree AV block, it could be a type one or a type two, uh, or I guess Mobitz type one, Mobitz type two. And that the Mobitz type one is called a Winky Bach, and I don't know. We were talking about it while we were doing that EKG exercise, and I was just really interested in it anyway. So even though I hadn't had the opportunity to go to the ED yet, and even though she said it was optional, I still decided to do it, and I sent it to her. And it was really great. I learned a lot because I wouldn't look into this otherwise. So I did that in the downtime I had. I think he was only held up for about 30 minutes. But after that, he came and got me and I went to the ED and had the most amazing time. I really, really love just being in that high paced environment. And so it was a really great opportunity to just really live in that moment. And oh my God, I was thriving. I loved loved everything about it, even the way um, he decided to like precept the situation. He basically treated it as if I was a resident, which I thought was really it was definitely intense, but like I was so thankful to have done that. I love being put in a real life situation. Perhaps I don't always know the answer, but to understand things at the level they are in reality, I think is also really important. So you're not, you fully understand the extent to which things are done in a certain situation. So we talked through everything. Um, we handled the trauma bay, which was really eye opening. Again, you get a lot of stroke alerts or people coming in with. Whatever this or that. And so, again, an opportunity to take a look at certain cases that perhaps you don't see all the time. And even I think one of the biggest things that we talked a lot about was stroke, just because it's something that you see, I don't want to say often, but it's something that people show up in the trauma bay for just how you approach that situation. Again, knowing the contraindications, what is our role as a pharmacist? So, if somebody does have a really high blood pressure, what are we going to do to get it down? Um, other things to take into consideration that he mentioned that maybe don't even have to do with pharmacy in general is let's say you are trying to get somebody's blood pressure down but at the same time if they are a candidate for alteplase you need to make sure that there's a second line or else you have to stop one in order to start the other and if let's say their blood pressure goes back up then you have to stop the tpa to then go ahead and put the beta blocker or the calcium channel blocker back on so all of these things he was just talking me through hypotheticals and all this kind of stuff and then Obviously, got to check out some really, really cool cases. It was definitely a really intense and high-paced afternoon, and I'm so thankful to him. He was so insightful. I mean, obviously, he's a pharmacist in the ED, so clearly he knows what he's doing. But I always appreciate when people go out of their way to do that, just because, and or even like teach me and walk me through their thought process because they totally don't have to. And he was really awesome about making sure I was involved and asking me questions and getting to present in that type of environment is. I find to be so thrilling. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I truly, truly enjoyed that whole afternoon. And yeah, just getting the like chance to talk to him and kind of his path as well, I think was really great. So yeah, honestly, a really great day. Obviously, can't get into specifics about specific cases and whatnot, but definitely an eye-opening experience and something I will carry with me forever. And probably one of the reasons I'm on definitely in the mode of emergency medicine, um, as you'll see as I talk about the rest of my week. But an amazing day. And I was very excited to have that opportunity. And after that, I was went home again, a lot happened, but obviously can't go into too much detail. So it was really great just having those conversations and then talking about the importance of staying up to date with the literature and stuff like that. I know I mentioned stroke a lot only because that's one of the biggest interventions that pharmacists can make in the ED or play the biggest role in. So yeah, but with that, I wrap up my Tuesday and we move on to Wednesday. We have now made it to the middle of the week. It is day 18 of my rotations. It's July 22nd and I was on the C shift with the technician and I've actually done this shift prior during my first week. It was I think my second or third day and this is the Ivy Room technician shift and it runs from 0600 to 1430 and I was with the IV room technician, as well as the IV batching technician, so the one who makes all the large-scale, large-volume products, so such as like antibiotics and IV bags, things that are used a lot more frequently. And this was a really great day. It was my first chance to try my hand at IV room compounding, and I handled all the orders for the day, which was really exciting. I mean, I was the whole nine yards. I've mentioned to you all before the process of um, wearing PPE and gowning up or down or however you want to say it, and then from there it's taking a look at the orders so the way that our day starts is we take a look at all of the orders that have populated. See which ones are due earliest, which ones are due later. Prioritizing, obviously, because some need to be done sooner than others. Figuring out if patients are still on a specific medication. If there are already cart fills of a drug on the floor, do we need to be making more? Because another thing that I have mentioned before are beyond use states for IV room compounds. So these things tend not to last very long. A lot of them have a shelf life of about 24 hours. So if the night shift made three bags of sodium bicarb, and they're sitting on the floor right now, and a patient's due for bicarb again in the morning, Um, they already have those on the floor itself. And so there's no need to make another bag if there's three already on the floor that this patient could use, because then it's just a waste of resources and the nurses already have it right by them. So a really great opportunity to walk through that and then being able to pull All of my own supplies so you pull whatever IV bag you need you pull whatever drug you figure out um, all the different supplies you need syringes and needles and um, caps and all of this sorts of stuff you have to clean the hood in the morning and so again I've walked through this process multiple times before so I won't get too too into it but it was again a really great opportunity to just literally do it myself so I was physically doing it so anybody that got an IV that day it was for me and so I thought it was really great to have that opportunity I was really thankful that I had got to do that because you don't touch IV bags or do any sort of sterile compounding in pharmacy school and then one day you could be the pharmacist doing visual checks on the narcotics or being the one checking things off and understanding how some formulations have overfill out of the IV bags you need to take out the overfill plus however much volume of the drug you're putting in so all of these things that clearly are of importance and so getting hands-on experience I think was super valuable and so certain drugs include furosemide um, epigen doesn't go in an IV bag or anything it's just pulled up in a syringe but it has to be done um, under the hood there's also reglin venifer so that's the iron sucrose and so that's actually a black fluid and so when you inject into the IV bag it's so cool when it starts to mix together and then the whole bag turns black Um, and then I had a break after that clearly just like a lot of compounding in the morning or whatever had a break and then actually after lunch was when um, we did a lot of the Uh, COVID medications. So like Remdesivir is something that has to be done under the hood. And then Actemra is another one as well. So really just in this pandemic, getting an opportunity to participate in the, not the administration, but the preparation of these medications. Um, Got to take a look at some of the package inserts for them, which I found to be really interesting. Uh, But yeah, really trippy experience getting to literally handle these medications that um, are targeting a novel virus. So again, a great learning opportunity, a really great day to check all of these out. And then I also got to sit with the IV batching pharmacist, uh, pharmacy technician to see how they go ahead and make like two grams of Vaseline is a really popular one in a IV bag and all of these different types of compounds. So nothing too, too crazy, except for the fact I was literally making IV bags, but again, a really awesome opportunity. And that basically sums up my Wednesday. We then move on to Thursday and surprise, surprise, I was on the C-shift again with the pharmacy technician in the IV room, but by today I was low-key a pro. I had gotten used to all my handlings and whatnot. So things definitely went a lot smoother, which was awesome. And so again, just making sure to check all the orders, getting to pull all my materials, um, basically just doing it. And then if I ever had any questions, the technician was there, but it's quite straightforward after you've done it a couple of times. And so you get used to the way that it's formulated and um, what things expire when, making sure to enter everything onto Epic itself, check everything off. And then of course, the pharmacist also has to check it off and Yeah, that basically does it. I I don't know. I really like it in the IV room now. I used to freeze my butt off in there. Um, But the scrubs that they provide, because again, like I've mentioned, you have to wear specific scrubs that don't really hold on to um, particles as well. So it's washed with their special detergent or whatever. They actually have scrub jackets. And so you can wear those. And so I was at a perfect temperature. And so it was really nice being back there um, and just getting to focus on that and really do that. And so a really great opportunity. I actually really enjoy it and now, and I think it's definitely something that I can see myself doing. Um, I know that there's IV room pharmacists in general, so I think that's really cool, but I'm glad I got that experience. Basically the same as the day before, there's nothing like too, too out of the ordinary. And then I also attended the pharmacist meeting that they had that afternoon. So again, just getting that opportunity to see firsthand what are some things that they talk about, adjustments that they wanna make, things that are going well. Um, Yeah, just a chance to touch base with all the pharmacists because not all the pharmacists work in the main pharmacy. And so it was a chance for everyone to come together and kind of give a status report about what's going on in the area of the hospital that they're at and where they're sitting. And then of course, making adjustments to the pharmacy as a whole is something that they're all in charge of. So again, it's hospital operations. So seeing the operative side of things is quite useful. And yeah, so again, just a great opportunity to try my hand at all of these different things, really get um, this real world experience, which of course these rotations are, I say it every time, but yeah, I don't know. I walked away from that situation, very impressed with my own capability. Um, Again, thankful for the opportunity and really just being able to tackle COVID head on, you know, be a part of that, I think is also a really great opportunity. Again, I learned a lot about those medications just on my own. I took it upon myself to kind of look up what they're about. And my final project is actually about Ectemera, So I can talk a little bit more about that later on. But again, really great day overall. And then with that, that wraps up thursday and we move on to friday we are now at the end of the week and i don't think i mentioned on the day prior but that was day 19 and it was july 23rd and now it's friday it's day 20 of my rotations it is july 24th and i was on the z shift again with the same pharmacist from monday so that was really great we got a chance to see and work together again and so i was on from ten thirty to 2100 and so we started off the same um All the shifts have responsibilities laid out, like I've mentioned. So same shifts, same responsibilities. We started with the Warfarin recommendations, and I actually had my first opportunity to call a doctor and make a recommendation. So that was a very exciting moment. We were all very, everyone was very kind about it and like very excited for me. And so they're all sitting there listening while I made this call and like having this conversation. Um, But a great opportunity. I spoke with the nurse prior about what I was concerned about, things I was looking out for, and then contacted the doctor. Of course, consulted with my preceptor. And then everyone was like sitting there listening to me give this call. And they're very proud at the end. So this is a really great bonding moment for all of us. After that, I wrote all my progress notes, um, as I had mentioned earlier in the week. And I actually started checking the anticoagulation dosings from that really long report that I mentioned to you. Um, earlier today and so I was able to get through it a lot quicker again because when you start to see the same dosing and dosing guidelines and checking you know where to start checking for things um, you get a lot better at it and of course that's what you hope for when you do something like 150 times in a row and then of course um, something that we wanted to take a closer look at just for our own sake and just to get a better understanding where kind of what we were noticing in dosing with COVID patients, because right now there are different guidelines from different institutions saying different things. And so, um, the pharmacist I was with and myself, we were just kind of hoping to take a closer look at that. And then after that, uh, there was lunch provided for the day. So that was really exciting. It's always, everyone's in such a good mood when there's food around and I don't blame them, myself included. Um, But yeah, it was really cool just, you know, getting food and there were so many options and there was cookies and brownies and my God, what a great day. What a lovely Friday, honestly. And then I actually ended up having, I guess technically it was dinner at that point because we were kind of a later shift um, with my preceptor herself. And so we sat outside because I've been trying to do that, like I said, and she actually went to CSF herself. And so we just started talking about how the curriculum is just so, so different now, especially that it's not the four-year curriculum, we're on the three-year one now, and so she asked if we still do oral exams, and so I was like, oh, do you mean the OSCE? And she's like, no, there's, for every exam you used to take, there was a part where you would soap out a patient and then present your recommendations to a faculty member and a resident, and I was like, no, we've never done that before. It's now incorporated in the skills component of our curriculum, so she was like, she really liked that, um, and I thought that was kind of a cool thing that they used to do, She was also surprised to find out that we don't take a final cumulative exam before we go on to our rotations, which is absolutely wild to me. I couldn't even imagine like what that would look like. I mean, I could, but like to hear that that was like a requirement for them to go on to the rotations is just, I don't know why it seems so crazy to me, just probably because we didn't have to. Um, She was also very surprised to find out we were past no pass. So that was, I don't know, it was a really great opportunity to sit down. She told me about her residency and I don't know, it's really cool to hear about what UCSF used to be like and um kind of things that are similar but also how things have changed so drastically. Uh Dr. Kishi taught then. He just retired this year, so that was like so interesting because yeah, I don't know, it's just it's so crazy how I don't know, I love learning about how things used to be and how they are and just talking to people who have been through the same process and just what their story is because I think there's so much you can learn from people's own experiences. So yeah, really great. had a fantastic time. And then when we came back, I actually did a deep dive into what the current guidelines are surrounding anticoagulation in COVID patients. So there's been um, a correlation drawn between COVID patients and hypercoagulability, and so Chest has currently written guidelines, and institutions have implemented their own protocols, and other institutions like hematology and all these other different groups have their own input on what it should be, what it should look like, and so we were just curious: um, is full treatment dose what we're looking at? Is it the intermediate one? Are we doing what are we doing here? And most of it surrounds um, Lovenox and taking a look at that. Some people are looking at heparin, so. I spent about an hour, hour and a half taking a look at that, kind of pulling up all the different things I was seeing. Um, there's really no set way of doing it right now. It's basically institution-based. But again, a really great way for me to kind of look at primary literature, um, evaluate the effectiveness of certain things, look at the research behind why certain institutions have implemented the protocols that they have, and then even taking a look at the one at the institution I'm currently at right now. And then after that, the ED pharmacist actually pulled me for the last, like, two and a half hours, which was really random just because there really wasn't, like, much else in the main pharmacy, per se, because my preceptor was – or my preceptor, my pharmacist was doing, like, verification and whatnot. And she's like, maybe go check out the ED. Like, there's something happening. So a very ED-heavy week. I wasn't even expecting to go Friday itself. And so – we just talked a lot. Honestly, he hadn't eaten dinner at that point. Something I realized is that ED pharmacists tend not to eat, apparently. But we went and sat in the satellite pharmacy just like talking. Um, We hadn't worked together before previously. And so uh, just talked a lot about his path in emergency medicine, how he got into it, why pharmacy in general, of course, like where he like he went for undergrad and pharmacy school, how he ended up back at this institution or not back, but even being here in itself and how the department came to be because not every emergency department and every hospital has a pharmacist Um, things he thinks are important if you do decide to pursue this path Uh, the reality of the situation like how things really work um, things to know and I just again I really like hearing people's advice and things that they have to offer just because they've lived it and they have experience and they've had the chance to reflect and they've seen what it's really like out there and so I think that's really invaluable and if you can have that conversation and kind of like of course, be like ha- like to have a conversation with somebody in general, It's just like being social is a really great chance for you to again continue to network, but at the same time learn a lot about maybe if this is something I was interested in doing in the long run, are these characteristics I feel like I have are they are these things that I feel like I can do? and so again, a great opportunity to constantly be evaluating my situation and where I want to be later on. And then after that, we kind of talked about another thing that pharmacists have a big role in, especially in the ED, is antimicrobial stewardship. And so being able to evaluate antibiotic prescribing patterns and things like that is definitely a place that pharmacists can play a huge role. And so in the case that a patient comes in and they end up providing a urine sample and the urine analysis doesn't show anything that is like really definitive at that point, uh, they wait for the lab results to come back for the microbiology, and based off of that, the pharmacist goes ahead and does a wellness check and figures out, based off the conversation with the patient and obviously the labs, whether or not they need to be prescribed antibiotics, and of course then making the decision on which one would be best to target those um, cultures and all of that type of stuff is really important. So that was a really great opportunity to see how that was something that those two, the two ED pharmacists had made a part of their department. Like they wanted that to be a thing that they could take on. And I thought that was really cool and easy way to stay involved in another part of the hospital, the stewardship aspect, but within their own department and prioritizing that I thought was really fantastic. And then uh, kind of went and checked out what was going on with any of the active patients who had come in, um, what their current situation was, got to check out um, different couple of situations. Sorry, I can't go into like a lot of detail. And then one of the best things happened, I actually ran into one of my really good friends from undergrad, and he's currently a scribe at the institution I'm at. And so we got, to cha- got the chance to catch up for a little bit. And it was just so random because I was in a room and I noticed somebody like out of the corner of my eye and like I look over and he waves and I I haven't seen him in like I want to say... A year and a half or so. And so it was so good to see him and to catch up. And so that was a really fun thing, very random. And now I know he works there. So that's awesome. And then we got to kind of talk about the way that COVID is dealt with in the ED and stuff like that, just because it's very frontline and whatnot. Um, Kind of consulted with respiratory therapists on certain orders that they want to verify and how we were going to go ahead and do stuff with that, adjustments that need to be made. And then the other. cool thing I like about the ED is that you have the opportunity to go take a look at the patients physically. So if you want to know something more about the patient because sometimes their notes aren't always up to date because things are happening so quickly and sometimes it hasn't had a chance to be published or like filled in fully and so you can also just go and take a look at the patient if there's anything that you want to know that you can tell off of them um, superficially. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, again, just a great opportunity at a different time of the day also because my previous experience was kind of in the afternoon and this was later in the day, um, closer to like 7, 730. I was in the ED. So again, just a different vibe in general, but getting the opportunity to see how that varies, how that changes. I was with a different ED pharmacist. There's two currently, so I was with the other one today. And so getting to hear his insight and the way he approaches things was also really great. I don't know, I really, really like working with people and hearing how they go about doing their jobs. And I don't know, I I really love rotations. I don't know how to put it. I know I sound like a nerd or whatnot. But I am truly having an amazing time. And I'm so looking forward to next my next two weeks, actually, my last two weeks. So um, but I'll get to that when I wrap up this episode. So I think, yeah, that ends my Friday. Um, because I mentioned it all the other times, I still got chicken nuggets, even though I didn't go home till like 10 o'clock. But a great day overall a lot of excitement really great opportunity I really feel like this was this week really solidified like my place in the pharmacy as well just because I basically met everyone at this point and I feel like I've definitely met some people I will be in contact with for a very very long time and so I'm really thankful for that as well so that wraps up my Friday and on to the weekend We are now at my Saturday and Sunday. Um, The day I'm recording this is Saturday, so that's great. We'll see what I get done tomorrow. Hopefully, I don't leave anything until tomorrow because that would be unfortunate. But uh, like I said, I record this podcast episode. I do my laundry because apparently I like to share that information. Um, And then my plan is to work on my final project a little bit more because my preceptor and I actually didn't have a chance to go over it together this past week because she said I work too fast. So You know what? I'll take that. I think that's quite the compliment. Um, But yeah, we had a good laugh about it. Uh, So we will definitely be going over that this coming week. And a lot of fun things to look forward this week. I'm in the ED again, Monday, Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, I guess I'll tell you all about it in the next episode. But again, I want to say thank you so much to all of you who continue to support and listen to this podcast. I hope it offers you some insight. I can't tell if it's super boring or somewhat interesting, but either way, I appreciate if you made it to this point. And I just want to say thank you. And I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy like always and that y'all are wearing your masks like I know you are because it really does make a difference. It really will help and uh, protect yourself and others. So again, thank you. I hope y'all enjoyed and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.